With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But when I leave, you remember I said, last words on my lips, I am a revolutionary. And you're going to have to keep on saying that. You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. I'm not the big. Once again, it's on. It never ceases to amaze me. No, no, everyone, calm down. Sit it down. It never ceases to amaze me how enthusiastic this crowd is. I mean, you guys show up every week with the same enthusiasm. It almost sounds like the same round of applause. So energetic. I love y'all. Hello. What's happening? And welcome to The Whole Heart Truth. I am Orin Lamenta. The Whole Heart Truth is sponsored by the DNVR Podcast Network. Search the DNVR. Search The Whole Heart Truth wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Podblaster, all them platforms. That's where we bees at. You understands me? Appreciate y'all for joining me for this show. Okay, 2021, all gas, no breaks. Unless you've been uh, Rim Van Winkleman uh, for the entire first you know, 15 days or so of this of this calendar year, you know it's been active in these streets. My goodness. From a storming of the U.S. Capitol, you said, what? To the impeachment of a president for the second time within four years. Listen, man, uh, very few people, unless you're MAGA, agree with um, the MAGA mob. But one thing that I think we can all relate to is this thirst for change that we've all been dying to see in our communities, in our cities, in our states, in our nation. Uh, And if we can draw any common thread, it's that the people united will never be divided. Uh, Activism isn't something that is just watched on TV. It's something that you can participate in. And that's why I'm glad to bring you this conversation. Elijah Judah, young, AKA young activist, is a young man from here in Denver, Colorado, all of young twenties. 
and he's got his feet in the streets getting active to see changes in his community. I just thought that this would be an appropriate conversation to bring to y'all this week uh, because of the political climate, obviously. But I also, um, I think that maybe not more so than any time ever, but more so than any time in recent history, the people are speaking and they're speaking loudly truth to power. And I thought that this would be a great conversation to bring y'all for that for that matter. Elijah Judah, AKA young activist, like I stated, uh, is in these streets, putting in that work, boots on the ground, as they say. And if you envision yourself to be a change agent in your community uh, or otherwise on a larger scale, this will be a conversation for you. Or if you know someone that's interested in, in getting into it, especially a young person, this will be a conversation for you. So I'm not going to waste too much time um, with wind. I'm just going to let the, the, the show begin. So without further ado, I give to you the whole hard truth about getting active in the modern era with Elijah Judah, a.k.a. Young Activist. Let's get it. Uh, so Elijah Judah... AKA Young Activist. Welcome to the Whole Heart Truth. Thanks for joining me, brother. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you liking me. Man, I I had to. And it's because well, first and foremost, let's 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 go into some background before we, we, we get to all of it. Um how old are you? Where are you from? What what's a bit of your backstory? So I'm twenty one years old. Um I'm from Denver, Colorado. I was pretty much raised in Aurora, Colorado. And, um, you know, I'm actually, I graduated from Manual High School down in Aurora, where we had two first black mayors in the city. Um, and, you know, I'm for my people all the way, you know, if and above whatever's going on, I'm always for my people. Thus thank the Lord. You feel me? So that's pretty much me. I mean, that would, ex- that, that, that explains the moniker young activist. Um, and, it's interesting for me, uh, as generationally your senior by a bunch, I double your age. Uh, it, I've always longed to see that spirit of, uh, dissidence, uh, the sixties recreated, uh, black <laughs> Panther, you know, freedom marchers, uh, you know, people that stood up for the civil rights movement and, and other movements. And I'm going to go, I'm going to lie to you, man. I, I started to lose faith, not just in, it started with people in my generation taking a step back and looking at things, think a little more pragmatically in how you live the American dream. And your generation, I really wonder uh, what these times that we're living in, and they've been volatile over the course of your 21 years, what these times we're living in, how they affect y'all. Do they move you to action? And in your case, it has. Has that always been something for you, activism? Like when did this, when did this engender in you? So I have a unique story, right? So um, I was raised by my mother and pretty much my whole life. I was a pretty typical basic kid, you know, play sports stereotypically as a young black man usually does in those type of households. Um, My grades were super mediocre, um, you know, C, Bs, and Ds. Um, And I was just a very, you know, ignorant kid towards a lot of stuff going on. But I've always had a passion and always felt like I had a meaning to do more within this world. And um, eventually, my father, like really, me and my father started really building a lot. And he actually taught me a lot about the Bible and how Jesus was black and how God's chosen people are black and stuff like that, stuff I've never even heard before. 
So when he started teaching me that, I really started understanding that I had more purpose than I thought I did. I ended up uh, coming to live with my father. He taught me more about my history, what's going on physically, what's going on around the world historically, and it made me really start uh, changing the way, you know, I conducted my own self from who I hung out with to reading more, to understanding my history, to where um, eventually uh, I became a community activist to be able to help out my people and uh, build up our um, our communities. Now, you go by uh, young activists, which I, I just, it, when, when, I, when we first met, it was during Juneteenth, um, during the virtual fest. And needless to say, you know, you carry yourself in, in every bit the fashion that, that matches that moniker. You say your father was instrumental in introducing you to Christianity. That ethos shapes and forms your approach to community and, and, and fighting on behalf of the rights of your people. Um, how important is it to you um, that all, that always that, that that lead first, especially you know when you consider, and we're going to get into a topic today that that you lead first with that spirituality. Is that is that that that's of great import to you? It sounds like. Oh yes, for sure. But you know, it's deeper than Christianity because uh, modern day Christianity, if I can be able to say this, is a form of a lot of it is a form of white supremacy. And so we you know more on the, the historical aspect of the Bible, um, like God's chosen people being Israel and different things like that. And like really understanding like secret things behind the scripture was what was what really fascinated me in order to apply myself differently. And um, I definitely would say that uh, through that, it definitely was an influence on how I operate today wholeheartedly. And, you know, I just love and appreciate my father and the most high for allowing us to be in this position today to start waking up our people. It's interesting that you say that because Nick Cannon ran into, and I know you know the controversy, Nick Cannon ran into a bit of controversy. Uh, it was about three months ago, maybe four months ago, when, um, you know, black Israelites and uh, black feminism is always something that's a very taboo subject, right? Um, to to speak in the in the tones of black people are the true chosen of, of, of the most high and black people are the true Jews. That can, that can stir up a lot of, that can stir up, that wrestles a lot of feathers. <laughs> it was just interesting because, you know, stem, a Semite, a Semitic people are, and have always been melanated peoples. Um, and the controversy as to how, you know, Ashkenazi Jews or, or whomever, more European-looking Jews, uh, assumed that mantle and became the face of an entire religion, that being Judaism, is interesting to me. Is that, is that stuff that you, Father, talk about a lot? I, I take it that the, those are the type of things that you're saying that your father sort of imparted to you, yeah? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, we uh, were an actual organization called Israel United Christ, and a lot of us, like, you know, speak on that, like, on the day-to-day basis and understand and learn more history biblically on what's going on and through that you know we um you know reveal you know to new things each and every single time you know we read the scriptures and learn you know as black and brown men who are ignorant and lost you know many years of their life you know understanding this and really working together and building as a people it's a beautiful thing you know revolution and revolution if that makes sense huh. <laughs> I fuck with that. <laughs> I fuck with that revolution. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you this. It's 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 crazy because while you're sitting there talking, I'm listening. I'm wondering how many of your peers, like 
where does spirituality fit amongst your peer group? Especially when you, you know, I, I'm reminded of, I, you're, I mean, you weren't old enough to see it when it dropped, but I'm quite sure you've probably seen um, Minister Society. And there's that whole, we don't want to hear that shit, Sharif, sort of mentality that, that filters through through the hood. Do you catch a lot of that from your people? Do you catch a lot of that from your peers? Yeah, definitely. So when I was in school, you know, I was the kid always talking about, you know, the white man, the black man, this, that, and the <laughs> I was in metaphorical terms of Sharif to a degree. Um, and, you know, a lot of people found it real annoying. You know, they, you know, um, but the thing was is, you know, people respect somebody who lives what they say. You know, I'm not just talking it, but I'm also living what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, through that, you know, I got the term and phrase when I was in high school called, like, the Malcolm X of the school. <laughs> so I, I was always known as the dude, you know what I'm saying, talking about pro-black this, black this, black that. And um, that's what they pretty much, like, labeled me as well on top of that new community work around the city, you know, speaking on, like, issues and oppression throughout the Denver public school system and all that and uh, getting a pretty good name throughout the city for that. So, yeah, yeah, Minister Society is actually hilarious because, like, that's what a lot of, like, my – uh, friends and constituents called me. We yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't want to hear that shit, Sharif. It's crazy because <laughs> amongst amongst um, young people, there is a world um, that's waiting for you guys to take. You know, I think that the generations that have gone before you, I think we've done some good in stewarding. Uh, something that you can step into that's technologically uh, advanced and savvy. I don't know how much part there is uh, in 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 the world that we're passing off to y'all. Um, it's and, and and knowing that that sentiment, especially amongst, uh, I mean, let's keep it a buck, amongst uh, black and brown, you know, young people. <clears throat> you had younger parents, a whole wave of young parents having kids young. Um, you, you know, maybe a lot more secularly uh, revolved than their predecessors, <clears throat> people like your grandmother, older aunties and uncles. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. God in the hood, I'm not saying it's separated. I mean, there's still churches. There's still Baptist churches. But um, it would seem that we're handing y'all a world that is devoid of something that I know I grew up with. And it is, I wouldn't, you know, spirituality. Um, is that something amongst your peers? Like, well, where do you come out on that? Just as a whole, where is where where is your generation spiritual right now, especially in these times? Actually, I made a video on this before, um, which is a beautiful thing. So right now, we are living in the most faithless generation probably in American history. You know, I would honestly say probably world history, but I would say right now, like, definitely in American history, this generation today, I mean, you could honestly even put, like, you know, Caucasian kids into this category, but we're talking about our people. I know a lot of young kids today who are very suicidal, who are very idle, who don't, who have more insecurities, shoot, than some of these white kids do, you know, um, and also who have a hard time believing in, um, you know, a God. Because, like, when you go into these Christian churches, a lot of these times, you know, the people who run them is the Generation X, you know, the generation prior to the millennials, um, and, you know, Generation Z. Like, that that generation right there runs the Christian churches, and you see a lot of hypocrisy in it. Like, I remember even me growing up, I use myself as an example. You know, my mother went to church, but then, you know, I see her on Saturday, you know what I'm saying, 
drinking, having a good time, and, you know, doing things contrary to the Lord, like, you know, having sex outside of wedlock, different things like that, knowing that that's bad, telling me not to do that, but then saying God's talking to it. You know what I'm saying? And so me growing up, and I know a lot of other kids seeing that firsthand, you know, it's really hard to believe that when you ain't never heard the voice of God in your own life, or, like, you ain't Mm. never, you know, the Holy Ghost has never, you know, uh, been on your spirit and you clearly know people are lying in the church when that's going on. Everybody knows they lying. So like we're allowing like lies to be pushed into the churches, but then you expect that to be the whole truth and nothing but the truth. A lot of kids is going to really fall, fall out of that altogether. And that's why you see kids today. They don't care about God. They actually embrace Satan more. You know what I'm saying? From the music that we listen to, from, you know, um, tattoos that we get, you see more face tattoos, you know, on a day-to-day basis, representing basically nonsense. And it's because we know we are lost from the true presence of what the Scriptures is talking about due to the hypocrisy we've seen in churches, if that makes sense. No, it does. And it's interesting because I want to know for you, you know, we had mentioned earlier, you know, there's a a form of Christianity, and people have to do their research. And if you understand um, the Council on Nicaea and who the Emperor Constantine was and, and what oh, actually yeah. makes up Christianity. That's not to take anything away from anyone's spiritual belief, but that's just to, I think, lay down a foundation of understanding. I went to synagogue. I, I, I practiced Judaism for close to nine years. And I went to a synagogue with a rabbi who decided that it was um, his mission to teach those specifically um black and brown people where they fit into the pantheon of Judaism and how this is a story that is ours. And it, then you look back on Christianity and, you know, Christmas is fast approaching. So you, you start to realize that a lot of these things um, that, you know, are Christian staples are uh, devoid of fact-based, you know. It's cool that it's faith-based, but it's not factually based according to you know, Jesus, for instance, was Jewish. And so, you know, he probably didn't probably, you know, he, he celebrated Passover when, you know, Easter. And, and so you start to realize what syncretism is. And it can make you look Christianity kind of weird, kind of fucked up, because you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like like you you preach the truth, but based on lies, those two things don't don't fit together. So I do see where you're coming from. And, and, and I could see how a generation would be disillusioned by, by by a, a, a spirituality or, or a religious practice, I should say, that itself is steeped in hypocrisies. I, before we get to what we did come here to talk about, because I do want to talk to you about young people and influence here in Denver and, 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 and along the lines of what we're talking about, how that would affect the generations behind us. But do you see what, what could Christianity or spirituality do to appeal more because it seems like they try to get younger and, you know, the music changes and the clothes, you know, get a little more dressed down and pastors are a little more hip, but are you really saving souls? Do you feel like Christianity has that, has that draw that, you know, it sounds like you think your generation needs? No, it's, yeah, this is it. I mean, when you talk about Christianity within the general world, just the secular world, you're talking about a lot of modern Christians is just basically motivational, motivational speakers to be For real. Sure. You know, they just want to make you feel good, you know, pass around, you know, the the bag around the pulpit so people can put in their funds and, you know, get ready for next Sunday. You know, even the way they have drummers and musicians lined up for when, you know, the pastor starts sweating, gets the rag out, starts uh, 
you know, white people all key signs for the drum to start uh, making like feel good music, so you could real really feel bad for the grandma could use a light bill money to pay the pastor. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is Christianity and the white supremacist structure on how it is today has not really changed since slavery. The only thing that's changed is the technology and the oil. That's the only thing, you know. Because remember, when we was being taught Christianity throughout slavery, there was always a white man present at every single sermon. You could not sure. have a white man not present ever. If you didn't have a white man present, you know what I'm saying? There's no thinking you y'all was gonna start a rebellion. Everybody was gonna get whipped or hung. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so that that conditioning, you know, that PTSD is still upon upon our people today, and that's why we have the mentality we have in a lot of Christian, um, in a lot of in a lot of Christian churches. That makes sense. No, it does. And and from a from a pure African American standpoint. You know, regardless of how things were going at home, I know I, you know, there are generations prior to yours, let's, uh, I'll say it like that, that church was a staple. You know, now it was probably sitting on Saturday, church on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of that. It, these these aren't new stories. Uh, but it, it, it was a staple. And, you know, maybe you could tie that to how we tend to keep things close to the vest in the black community. We don't talk, we don't air out our problems, right? We don't talk about certain things. Uh, or unless we didn't, that that was generationally that was that was the case for a long time. And I think progression is good. I think progression is necessary uh, in order to achieve a goal of true change. You also have to look at how you can progress your ideas. When it comes to spirituality, there are certain things though that would seemingly be off limits. Let's talk about why you and I, um, why we're having this conversation, and and, and I think that that background. That, that that people got will give people an understanding. You're not a theologian. You're an activist. You you're, you're a spiritual activist, and you have a you have a point of view, and and you have a heart for your community. And all those things to me uh, can't do anything but uh, grow as you reach out and start touching people. You know, within your generation and on either side, younger and older. You had put up a post about something that you saw that another young black leader here in uh, our Arm City of Denver, Colorado, um, have thrown up. The young man named Tay Anderson, who is on the Denver Public School Board at all of, is he 21 yet? Is he, how old is Tay? I think he's like 21, 22. We graduated from the same school, same class. You um, both graduated Manual High School, same class. And, you know, the accomplishment in and of itself for a 21, 22-year-old young black man to decide that he wants to be such a part of the change that he wants to see in the world that he's going to go do something that most wouldn't do, like joining the public school uh, public school board. That's not a glamorous. It's it's not a it's not a, a typical aspiration for someone in your generation. So kudos to 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 uh, Tay Anderson for that. Yeah, um, post, we're, I mean seriously, bro. Like, how many? You know, before we get fully into it, like that's. That's pretty. I mean, how did that strike you when you when you knew about Tay's run and winning that seat? So I was there for his first and second run. This man has asked me to help him, and I have in the past many times. Like where he'll be like, "Hey, I need a, you know a black representative or a black leader who's from Manual High School to come out support me." You know, and if I got the time and I'm willing to help, I'm willing to help. Like I, I'm a hundred percent for black hustlers. You know what I'm saying? Like I appreciate this man's hustle. This man's hustle game. It's none like anybody else's when it comes to young black men in Denver, period. Like this man would be at Manual High School early in the morning and be there late at night. He was a hustler, and I, I admire that about him, you know, from the way he operates and all that. Like, I'm not 
I, I just want to let this be clear. I'm not, I don't hate Tay Anderson in any way, shape, and form. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate, like, just the fact he's willing to uh, make a point. Even if people's hating on him, he's still willing to, like, stick his ground to the best of his ability. You know, that's hard to do as a black man, no matter what role you're in. Period. Without question, so, especially in the yeah. in, especially in a town like Denver that's changed so rapidly demographically in your neighborhood. You, you know, if you you went to Manual, so you know that the demographic is far different now than it was in your formative years coming up. Um, and I, I I I have the same. I haven't had the pleasure of actually meeting. Ta- I just know of his exploits. I think it's commendable, quite honestly, and this might sound shallow, that a young man would actually want to be a public school representative at 21. These are supposedly, you know, your, your, whatever, your, your good years or, you know, your young time when you're supposed to be chasing you and to, to have that type of heart for people that aren't that much younger than he is. I think it's amazing. And it's a testament to his character. So for real, same as you hats off to, to Anderson. Having said that, let's talk about the post um, that you had posted about um, the tweet that you had posted about, and why you and I are having this conversation. Do you want to explain or should I? I got you. I got you. Okay, for sure. So, yeah, I basically made a, a post on Tay Anderson, specifically. Tagging called him out. And because um, he made a tweet maybe about a week or two before I made that post, somebody actually uh, sent that to me. And I looked at it, and I was just like, he basically talked about how sex work is sex work and how, you know what I'm saying, we need to make sure that we support sex workers Pretty much, you know, long story short, um, you know, basically uh, to a degree, at least from his mindset, I'm just assuming it would probably be like a women empowerment based type of uh, statement. Um, and, you know, I seen that and I wanted to make a video on it basically talking about how, you know, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. The reason I disagree with that is not based strictly off of the sex work. It's the fact that you're a school board member who's speaking on sex work and probably don't really know that much information on it and speaking through it through ignorance to support women. And the reason I say that is because, like, I actually, like, I've known people who was a part of the sex industry who was on calls and who was going out 2, 3 in the morning to meet up with some dude and get paid, you know what I'm saying, to do something with that man. Like, I've experienced that. I have family members, like, sisters and brothers who are pimps and prostitutes and hoes. Like, I've seen that firsthand, and I'm, like, that's not... That's super toxic, and if anything, it's more detrimental to the black and brown community than good for them. That's not empowerment in any which way, and it destroys the children who see that firsthand. Because I, I have nephews and nieces who got, you know what I'm saying, mothers and uh, brothers who are uh, who are doing stuff like that, either pimps or hoes. And I'll tell you this, it destroys their, their mentality. It traumatizes them at young ages. Even if they don't know what's going on, eventually they're going to find out what's going on, and it, it affects them. So when you're speaking on something like that, especially when you represent children as a school board member, you're, 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 you're representing children thinking that it's okay to like be a sex worker when we should be embracing and empowering about 70 or 80% of these kids who are in DPS, who are black and brown, to be doctors, teachers, lawyers. That's that's important. Sex work is not good for our people, man. Like That's the wrong that's the wrong district to really be doing that, in, especially in your position. So that's pretty much the way I was approaching it. And uh, my opinion towards it. When I saw the post, no, it does. And when I saw the post, I, I'll be honest with you, I was in, I was incensed. You know, and and it's, I too have had a family member who now rest in peace. Um, as a result of uh, a long stint in that world, the 
from Denver to LA to Vegas and back, um, really damaged her body, her mind, you know, very intricate parts of her soul. And I watched this bright young person, um, you know, turn dark and cold and erratic. And, and then, you know, at, at the, at the end of her life, God bless, you know, me, my younger sister, she's not biological, but my younger sister, Shanta, at the end of her, at the, at the end of her days, she was trying to turn it around, but mm. the world of prostitution completely ripped her life apart. And that's, mm. just, that's just the solid truth. Uh, in as much as to say also it ripped the family apart, right? Because you lose a sister prematurely, you lose a, an aunt or, a, you know, a niece prematurely. And, 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 mm-hmm. and then the entire time that she spent in the world obviously was painful for people to know that, you know, you're basically brutalizing yourself. So I, I'm not going to be too long winded, but I, so when I saw the post and I saw, and, and I was very adamant reaching out to you because I, I am, I'm loath to think that amongst young people, I don't care how progressive an idea is, that amongst young people, we are looking at things that people do for money, for sure. Oldest professional on the face of the planet, pimping and panhandling, mm-hmm. ain't nothing changed. You know, that has nothing to do with the societal ills that come from it the societal mm. ills that cause it, what, what, what does go on in the mind of a young woman that decides, or a young man that decides that this is a, is a career path, so to speak, that they're going to take? What, what, what happened there in those young years that would, you know, is this just, you know, devil may care, free willing? Um, and then, so it goes all the way from molestation to neglect mm-hmm. and, and, and things that you don't want to talk about out loud, but these are real ways that people, I believe, I believe, end up in that situation. So I, I couldn't believe as much like yourself that a young man who's done so much good could say something so callous. Let's, let's break it down, though. Let's unpack it a little bit. You know, when you're looking at young people in sexuality, are you a teetotaler? Are you a not sex before marriage guy? Where, where do you stand in, in, in that realm, first and foremost? I think sex is a sacred is a sacred entity that has been oversaturated because of the American society today, especially in the black and brown community. Um, the reason I say that is because a lot of people ask the question, um, why is our grandma and grandpa staying together 50, 60, 70 years, but, you know, in this generation, one in three family members, um, one in three marriages actually last. You know what I'm saying? That's a big question within our community. Why are we breaking up family homes at an astronomical rate than uh, 40 years ago? You know, and the reason being is because, you know, sex is now looked at as a hobby as opposed to a sacred thing between, um, you know, partner to partner when they get married. Um, And that's how I see it as well, too, because not only does the Bible say that, but it just makes sense. Because, I mean, when you when you have sex with one individual and you marry them and you understand how to value them and open their mind before you open their legs, at least speaking for me, then you're going to appreciate them more. You're going to understand how to work with them spiritually, physically, financially. And you're going to understand how to please them, i.e. vice versa. And it's going to help you guys build a better relationship and more personal bond as opposed to y'all only knowing each other for two, three weeks. Y'all hit it and y'all start a dating process and then y'all get married. And then y'all realize y'all don't really even know each other. Now y'all got a baby on the way. You know, whereas being able to build that 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 special bond in the beginning is important for you to be able to value a relationship a little bit more. And that's why you're not seeing parent, grandparents, grandpas, and uh, grandmas 
type relationships like you are with your mom and dad being separated since y'all were born. That creates a toxic type of household. If that if that answers your question. No, it does because you know, I know that, you know, the world itself is hypersexualized. That's not a black and brown thing. That's just the world. It's, especially with social media, we are hypersexualized. Your generation has been inundated with pornography uh, beyond, you know, it's it's re- so readily accessible. Like, you come out of my generation, you had to sneak and find Winnie Elf's tapes or, you know what I mean, look in that special cabinet and find, you know what I mean, the, the, the Playboys or the penthouses. It was, and then yeah. HBO comes along, and then, you know, you're watching, you know, pay-per-view <laughs> New, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'm just keeping it a buck, you know what I mean? But it's through the, you know, the blurred lines. Well, now it's right accessible through the palm of your hand. And that is societally, I won't call it dangerous. I'll just say it's had a major effect. When when a, when, when a song like WAP, uh, for instance, comes along and then, you know, things like Woman of the Year are being thrown around. And, you know, a woman should own her sex. Well, well let me ask you this. Well, hold on. A woman should own her her. Her, she should own her ability to do with her body as she pleases. Do you yeah, see this? Do you see this hypersexualization, let's say, from the female side of things as women empowerment? Or I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that's not how you look at that. You seem more. You, you sound a lot more of a traditionalist. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you could label me as, but I mean, remember, um, you know, when God speaks, He's speaking of a divine order. You know, this world flips upside down. So, you know, the way we see empowerment might actually be worse or detrimental towards our people than, you know, what we think. And, you know, I honestly, I'm 100% for just like how God's 100% for freedom of choice. I'm 100% for women, you know, being for their bodies and, you know, doing whatever they want to with their bodies. That's 100% their choice. I can't control that. I'm not I'm not their Lord. You know what I'm saying? Can't lord for sure. So, but the thing is, is at least being able to inform our brothers and sisters on the proper decisions to make on what is better for your for your choices in life as opposed to what's not, you know, that's what we got to focus on. And I think that that's something that is not being pushed as much anymore because everybody is over-sexualizing today's time, i.e. because of, you know, porn or, you know, uh, being traumatized, you know, because of molestation or, you know, being introduced to it because of, like, rap or TV or music videos, you're seeing it more and more. So people are looking at that more as like, you know, a walk in the park, more than something more valuable. And I think that women, and to your point, consider that empowerment as women controlling their, having agency over their over their physical form. Because for so long, for instance, in the rap community, not just rap and music, Hollywood, uh, the objectification of women has been a staple that has, has, promoted these large entertainment companies and businesses and, you know, and images and, you know, music videos and whatnot, but women were being objectified in that regard. And now it seems like what's being said is, well, if anybody's going to do the objectifying, it's going to be me. Um, I want to get back exactly. to this. I, I, I want to get now, now why you want to be objectified. That's a whole nother question. And I do want to get back to this Tay Anderson this Tay Anderson conversation simply because you you alluded to it earlier. Uh, empowerment of women is important. I am a I am a son of a single mom raised by my mom and my two sisters. I have three daughters. Um, it don't get more feminist than you know at least how I feel on the inside. Um, but but 
we know that there are certain things, and you can call them old school, you can call them old-fashioned, traditional roles that men would like to play or, or the world be, be best built off or seemingly best built off is men stepping up and, and protecting that which is most sacred. That's the earth, right? You know, no women, no. So uh, yeah. it's interesting to me that this 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 empowerment is now pushing across certain lines that before they were pretty clear cut and, and, and drawn. And, and when you're talking about sex work, okay, a stripper, I could see that, you know, and it's already legal. So, you know, if that's what a young lady chooses to do to get her bread, you know, who's anybody to say anything about that? Or a young man, if you can go be a Chippendales model, you do that. Um, but it always occupied a certain space in our society in terms of, is that tasteful, distasteful, where does that fit? That sex work is work thing seems like it's trying to shift the paradigm. Do you agree? So that sex work, yeah, okay, 100%. It's definitely a paradigm shift. I mean, the more this, the more America develops over years and years on in, you're going to see sex become more open, more of an open-ending conversation. People are going to start revealing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, like, maybe 10 years from now, you know, on every social media site, you know, women and men being naked is okay. You know, I wouldn't be surprised just because that seems like where the world is leading to, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, if people want to do that, that's 100% their choice. I can't necessarily control them. But the thing is, is are we going to value our bodies more or our mind? And I think that's where people are becoming more confused. You know, I don't think people are valuing their mind as much more than their body. I think, mm. you know, objectifying yourself, you know, and, um, you know, over-sexualizing yourself, thinking like, uh, I don't know, for example, having a WAP, you know, is more powerful than being able to read on a on a grade level. You know what I'm saying? I personally mm. think reading on a grade level is more important than having a WAP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My God, for sure. You understand? Because let's be real, a lot of our people's literacy skills are horrible in today's time period. You know what I'm saying? We're too busy trying to be on a tablet, learn how to twerk on TikTok, and actually know how to, like, read Huckleberry Finn, you know, just as an example. And sure. I think that if we start valuing and giving these kids books more than condoms, you're going to see our people be more powered, you know. And I think that's where the line has been crossed in, in today's society. And, I mean, when you really look at who's pushing, you know, the women empowerment and, like, you know, the strong, independent woman mentality, all that, that's honestly just being pushed by a lot of uh, of our sisters. And at the end of the day, I think it honestly comes from a lot of trauma because of what black men have done to them. Because don't get me wrong, I'm not like a woman basher, like a woman judge as hard as I am on black men. I think black men have pushed our sisters into these positions because, I mean, at the end of the day, the reason they prostitutes ain't because of sisters. You know what I'm saying? It ain't because of women why they prostitutes or strippers. The people who's consuming those, uh, those environments and uh, those areas is, is our people. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Our men. And we gotta That's we gotta it. take accountability too for start to start valuing our sisters, stop over sexualizing them and objectifying them to feel like the only way they can have power is by being naked. That's that's interesting that you would say that because in 2020, now we we blazing into 2021, um, a lot of these values that you're talking about are, I mean they're not even that old, but they're thought of as as, as archaic and and um, in some ways toxic and masculine and toxic in their masculinity because here here go the guys wanting the lord over the over the gals and nothing could be further in case for me i am a you know to each their own 
type of American. I'm a don't tread on me type of American. Having said that, there's a set of values, and I'm not saying that I've lived the life of a saint, but there's a set of values that I think will keep the fabric of our society from folding in on itself or canalizing mm-hmm. itself. You yeah. know, the, it, it, you know if, if, it's anything, if it's anything goes, I don't think a lot of people are really ready for what an anything goes world actually looks like, what it really Man. looks like. Um, what are your, you know, and, and just to, to, to come back a bit, um, when, when I, when, again, when I saw the, 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 the tweet, uh, and your, your commentary on it, have you and Tay spoken about your, your, your thoughts on his thoughts? Nah, but he subtweeted me a couple of times. So I'm going to be real with you. I've been told by a few people, like me, Tay, Tay, Tay respects me the same way I respect him. You know, like he respects my hustle and the way I operate and like, you know, me caring about my community. But he, outside of that, he really doesn't mess with me, you know? Um, and, uh, I mean, he subtweeted me the other day, basically saying, um, you know, y'all call yourselves leaders out here. Um, and you know, y'all are out here telling women how to dress and uh, calling their names out, this, that, and the third, and I knew he was referring to me because, uh, reading the comments and all that. And the thing is when I read stuff like that, you know, um, I can understand where he's coming from, but at the end of the day, if you got an issue with me, you could call me out on my BS. You can call me out on my mistakes, and I don't have to be a man and accept that. But, like, don't subtweet me, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I feel sure. where you're coming from, but our job as, you know, so-called black leaders in the community, you know, our job is to make sure that we uh, are building a better environment for our people, not to just create a drama fest. Like, we got to be able to man up towards what we said. That's at least how I see it. But I could be 100% no, I- wrong. No, and I mean, I think being, I think being in this world is a big place, and and being open to different points of view is important. Um, I, you know, I I don't think that any it should be lost on any of us that um, times are different, um, and and people change, societies change, sometimes for the better, you hope, sometimes for the worse, and the 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 thought that we would be careening toward, um, listen, I don't want to tell anybody how to dress. It's not probably, I, and, and that, that is that, that, you know, fundamentalist, you know, Islamic sort of burqa. That's, that I have no interest in that. <clears throat> I have interest in creating a, an open space for people to be who, whoever they are and not allow themselves to be victimized by virtue of making decisions that just to me don't lead to better decision-making. Um, I would hope that you guys would be able to have a dialogue, but I think that there's a lot that could be learned from just listening to you two young leaders um, hash out your differences on something that should be pivotal, uh, should be spoken about more uh, amongst your, your generation. How do you how do you see coalescing with with other leaders of your generation? That you know it might be because it's a it's a wild world out there, and there's Man. a lot of people stepping to the forefront. And there's a lot of issues that are on the table, some of which may be to our betterment, some of which seem like they're they're, they're just hyper liberalism on its on you know on steroids. Uh, and I you know <laughs> I I never thought I'd be a I bro I'd come up thinking I was a conservative because I was associated conservatism with Republicans and I reserve I associate Republicans with all white men. And I'm far from that. I get I see myself more conservative in these in these times. Um, how do you coalesce with 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 other leaders in in your generation to to bring about the world of change that you that you see that you want to see? Excuse me. 
Well, first of all, you know what I'm saying? Speak on things you understand. Don't just, like, say things because they sound good and they feel good. Like, for example, you know, if some, you know, somebody's, like, defund the police. But when you go to the black and the brown communities, people who's killing each other 97% of the time is our own. So at the end of the day, I mean, you don't want no molesters and, molesters and rapists, you know what I'm saying, reigning free in the street. Now, I'm not in, uh, in any wise 100% supporting the police, but all I'm saying is always have an alternative, you know, when it comes to our communities. A lot of us uh, base a lot of our judgments off the feelings when it comes to, um, you know, movements in which we, we live in today with the quote-unquote hyper-liberalism world we live in, especially in Colorado. It's all based off emotion. And if we can honestly logically think a lot of the things we're saying, we realize are absolutely and practically nonsense, especially if, you know, there was a law to make it legal. Like, for example, going back to the sex work in Anderson, I can guarantee you that man would not want to see his sister a prostitute. He wouldn't want to see his mom with the OnlyFans page. He wouldn't want to see his daughter in that position. So why would you support something if you don't even want to see your own family in that position? That's all I'm saying. I mean, like, you don't it's a, see that. It's, it's a poignant question, and, and I said the same thing is that, you know, have you known anybody who's been on the stroke? Do you know, like, and, and, and there are degrees, like I, I mentioned earlier, like stripping fits into the category of sex work. And it it's is. legal and it, it, it's respected amongst whomever it's respected amongst. It's been around long enough, nobody shut it down. Porn, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, look however you want to, is sex work. Uh, and it That's is legalized. And, and it, well, yeah, and they've cleaned up the industry enough to at least make it so that people in there are being safe. Prostitution is illegal for a reason. And that reason stems from men that would ruin their families, uh, you know, trolling, you know, late night boulevards looking for um, young people who are forced into That's That's the other part is that ain't every, ain't every hooker uh, been grabbed by a pimp. Some of these women are being kidnapped from their or, or, country of origin, stuck in a shipping container. You know, the, like sex, the, the type of sex work I feel like was being spoken about, I, I don't know. I would need clarity. I, I would need clarity from him. Like, wh what exactly are you talking about? Because, again, there are two facets that are perfectly legal. They occupy the space that they occupy. Nobody's going to any less strip clubs. You know, nobody's watching any less. It's only more. So, so it's not even a discussion to be had. So what exactly are you talking about? Um, it, it, it perplexes. To be quite honest with you, bro, it perplexes because that does seem like something that is more emotional. And, and because, again, to your point, you want to see your sister or your baby cousin on the, on the stroll? Because, you know, that, that might change that perspective. I know he I know he wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. Nobody, nobody in their right mind as black men want to see their they sisters, their brothers, they, they, honestly, their brothers, any of their family members in that position. They would way rather see them as doctors or lawyers. Shoot, working at a gas station, whatever, way more than being a prostitute of any kind, even if it's like online prostitution like OnlyFans. No one wants to see their family members in those positions. You know what I'm saying? So when you say things like that, are you putting yourself in that perspective or are you just trying to look like you're for the people? You know, trying, trying to make women rile you up like you're the man. And that's what it really seemed like. But in reality, coming from a logical perspective, we know that's toxic for our communities. We know that creates a single black mother. Uh, we know that, 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 that embraces single black mother homes, you know what I'm saying, that embraces pimps. Because people be forgetting, like, a lot of the men be behind these women acting like that. A lot of people be forgetting that. You thinking that when he's just going to them? Nine times out of ten, it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we got to also remember that as well. A lot of people be forgetting about that, man.
And well, I mean, I, sexually transmitted diseases. I'm gonna let you keep going, but there's so many ramifications man. that come out of that. I'm like, you know, no one has to berate a stripper or or OnlyFans driller to to also understand that that's probably not for the good of the person or the society at large. No, nah, you just know it sells because men like to be real with you, just men like vagina. You know what I'm saying? They like boobs. So you understand that you might look a little good. Are you fronting with something? So, you know, instead of going out and getting a normal job, you want to make extra bread right now, especially in these times of trouble, by making the only fans or whatever. You know, don't get me wrong. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like anybody with the with common sense understands why you're trying to hustle that way. But the thing is, is when you are representing children, as a Denver school board representative, I don't think that's your your place to speak on that when you really don't seem like you have any experience or nobody know anybody in that position. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I'm just saying, what reason are you saying that when you really don't even know? And then calling me out, basically saying I'm a false leader, you know, speaking on something I actually have experience in. I'm not just coming from an illogical standpoint. I actually know people who've been in that. And, I mean, even, even then, you just said you had um, – a sister in that position. I'm sure she probably dealt with drugs too, because a lot of them can't Absolutely. even you know, can't even face looking themselves in the mirror. Like you know, what I'm saying like I know some family members they on cocaine, heroin. You know, what I'm saying one of the worst drugs you could be on. Living in Vegas or living somewhere else because they can't even face being the person they are. So instead of killing themselves, they kill themselves with drugs. It's. I mean, it's, and, and, and these stories are these stories to people who who've experienced it up close and personal aren't, you know, this isn't horror stories or this isn't scared straight. This is real life that people suffer through. And, 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 and I agree with you. I, that, that was my third point was that to, to have that coming from a member of the Denver public school board, I could only imagine what would have happened to anyone else. I can't even understand like those positions aren't sacred. It's not, a, you're not the Pope. You know, you're not a priest, but you're expected to have the type of judgment. You're you're, you're shaping and forming curriculum, in, in essence, of, of what young people are going to see as socially acceptable in the environment that they spend eight hours in. Okay, yeah, not in the coronavirus world, but still, um, the 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 lack of foresight into how that would be viewed for a person of his stature. I, I was it was very perplexing, uh, and I and I would hope. You know, that a standard that many – I'm trying to think of what – okay, so if one of the other Denver Public School Board members launched a tweet and it said, you know, selling dope is work. You know, selling dope is Man. work. Somebody got to do it. How would that – how do you think that that would play? I mean, if somebody said that, they done. You know what I'm saying? They're going to they're gonna start signing some paperwork, talking to some government officials or whoever's – you know, behind the money of the situation, they're going to get out that position in a matter of, I'll say, a few months, maybe a few weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it would have been. I think, um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. That's a very valid point. Like, if he, I mean, that's crazy because it's so true. <laughs> well, it's it only worked so fast. So fast. So it, 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 it perplexes as to why the, the response, was so benign, and I believe he might have scrubbed his his account of the tweet. I don't know if he erased it or not. And I I don't want to I don't want to finish on that note because you I, I'm gonna tell you this right now, uh, and I know you probably are used to hearing this. Um, you are an inspiration, and I and and it's because of maybe I got low expectations, and and, and I need to check in with that. 
you're an inspiration uh, because wise beyond your years, uh, we could say that, interested in changing the culture uh, from a very traditional standpoint is just not common amongst your uh, amongst your 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 peer groups uh, and and I know you know that but I wanted to commend you for that and give you the stage for the last part of this interview what is young activist prescription for scalable change in our communities so scalable change in our communities first of all we got to understand who we are you cannot you cannot walk in ignorance it's impossible you need a map you know what I'm saying you need signs in order to walk and I think that the biggest sign is actually in that same book in which um, we've been reading for hundreds of years. You know what I'm saying? In the Bible, a lot of our inspiration and a lot of our walks in life in order to change our communities in them. We could just use the Ten Commandments. Because honestly, I believe following the commandments and understanding the, the real story behind the scriptures is the way for us to be able to move as a people. And Because, um, I mean, there's a quote that I really like. It's called the American Dream. Um, Everybody can follow the American dream because you have to be asleep in order to, to receive it. So you have mm. to be, you know what I'm saying? You have to be awake in order for people to really understand what's going on. So, for example, let's just use the Ten Commandments. Let's just use um, the Seventh Commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. If we instituted that law in, in, um, in the black community and we actually followed it and understood who we were, we wasn't walking in life of ignorance. How much would the black community improve, the black and brown community? It stands to reason a, a, a great deal, considering the we kill each other at a prolific rate. We victimize each other well. It's it's very sad. Yeah. You would see less less fathers in prison. You would see more uh, more more. T you would see uh, fathers and mothers together in homes, more like a better family structure. You would see a bunch of different things change. Not only that, I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about you know letting your 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 kids go out and play. You know what I'm saying? Like places in Chicago. That would be less of a worry because you know, dang well, they ain't going to get killed. Not no, only that. Sure. And go ahead. Keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, like, you can use another commandment. Just like, for example, you know, honor your mother and your father. If your mother or your father, especially like with daughters, for example, because fathers are super heavy on protecting their daughters, you know, hey, man, I do not need you messing with that boy. That boy is no good for you. Nine times out of ten, let's just be real. The father's usually right. That boy is not good for you. And so you're going to be less likely to end up getting pregnant at a young age. Same thing with the son. You know, if the son's going out, hanging out with gang members and drug dealers and ends up in prison or dead, if they actually listen to their parents and they're like, okay, I probably shouldn't go do that, you will see less brothers and less daughters in positions of single mothers at young ages, you know what I'm saying, not in jail or prison or dead. You won't have to worry about that because they would actually be listened and be guided in a healthy way by their father and mother. Because that doesn't mean all parents are healthy, but it would definitely be more of a healthy structure on how to manage a household, if that makes sense. Um, you know, for example, you know, thou shalt not lie. You know, that, that, one, that one alone, for example, snitching in the black community, this is just my personal opinion, I think it's one of the most toxic things that we've ever instituted within our, our environment. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of people who are rapists and molesters to these little girls, and they need to be put in jail or dead. And a lot of these people are too afraid to, 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 to tell our Uncle Ray Ray. So instead of telling our Uncle Ray Ray, they just embrace him as a family member and nobody talks about it. It's a shh subject. You know, and that's not cool, bro. We need to start telling on these people who's actually doing these to these little girls and these little boys and messing up their head when they get older to where they want to be in the sex work environment or the sex work industry or on drugs or whatever. You know, so 
honestly, well, just I mean, to your point of just honor thy father and mother, I believe the whole scripture says that may go well with you uh, in your days on the earth. And it's understanding that, you know, you're not being kept from doing something uh, pleasurable. You're actually building life when you live by certain laws. Um, I've often felt like that about the stop snitching movement. Is It just makes no sense why we would want people of ill will walking in and amongst the rest of our community, you know. Um, our relationship with law enforcement is is dicey for a reason, you know what I mean? Black people have a lot of distrust of the police, and I understand it, but empowering uh, criminal elements also doesn't seem like the best way to uh, promote positive change in our neighborhood. Um, I just, I can't help but, you know, want to tell you how impressive I find it that you, that you look at life through these lenses because uh, quite honestly, it's not, it's not common. It's definitely not common amongst your, amongst your generation. So I, I am, um, I'm, I, I'm pleasantly optimistic about what the future holds when there's, when there's leaders such as yourself out there. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'll definitely, um, if possible, um, I definitely want to let Tay know about this interview too, if we could be able to get that out. Cause you know, like I said before, you know, I, I don't, I don't sneak this nobody, you know, I'm going to let you know what I have an issue with, you know, if I see you in person or if I call you or publicly, whatever. And I'm going to let you know that. And the reason I say that is not cause I want to embarrass the brother, but it's to better, you know, our brothers and sisters out here speaking through ignorance. You know, if you represent the people, if you represent anything within this form in America, you need to make sure you know what you're talking about. If that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I, and I would love to, uh, hopefully orchestrate a coming together you two young leaders because context is everything. Uh, we, we don't need to speak, uh, ill of someone absent their ability to defend themselves. The comment or the, the tweet in and of itself on its face is, is pretty unsettling for the reasons that we've discussed, uh, here today. And I, I'm quite sure that he would do much better in, um, adjudicating himself if he feels that necessary or at least explaining or uh, speaking to what his perspective was on those, you know, potentially damaging words. You know, the the, the thought of a young person uh, looking up to, to, to someone who has accomplished more than, I, I mean, I have never run the numbers, but I, I can't imagine that there are very many 20-something-year-old school board members, you know? Uh, and especially coming from our neighborhood, from, 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 our, from our communities, that is a, that's, a, that's a prestigious climb. And so you automatically become someone to be revered and listened to, and that's how society works. And, and unfortunately, you know, you are expected to show uh, prudence when speaking because your words can move young people to do things uh, or feel a certain way about things. And I just would like clarity on that. So I, I, you know what, I'd be, when, when we put this out, um, he will be well informed that it's there. And, and Tay Anderson, if you're listening, you're welcome to come on the whole hard truth uh, and, and, and speak to your, to your sentiment. And I'd love to see um, you and, and, and YA sit down and have a dialogue about, this and other issues that plague our community. It's very necessary. It's very necessary. Both of you are very necessary to whatever change we are going to experience as, as, as a community. Definitely. Yeah. We could have a conversation, man. We come from the same background too. 
you know what I'm saying? We both graduated from Manual High School, same principal, same teachers. We both spoke at the graduation. Like, we come from a very similar background, which is ironic being very, you know, opposite people when are in our morals and ethics. So, you know, I'm interested any time, like I said before, you know, I'm definitely um, 100% cool with, with speaking on any topic. You know, I am not afraid to... <laughs> To uh, have a conversation with you, man. It's not, it's not on no hateful stuff. You know, it's all about, you know, building, you know, as brothers and as leaders in the community to understand people's perspectives and what's going on, and to be able to enlighten one another on more things. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that's the cap. You got anything you want to leave? How do people catch up with you? Where do they find you? Where, how do they keep up? And follow me at Young Activist. Um, put young activists in um instagram follow me on facebook i'm trying to get to 15,000 followers by the end of uh probably 20 maybe maybe like february 2021 i want to get to 15,000 so definitely help me out there and just go like and follow and share this information this information isn't for me this information is for uh any of our brothers it's just for us to be able to empower and be enlightened and to learn something that's interesting you know what i'm saying so definitely Share it, like this information, and, you know, follow me on all social media sites under the same name, same thing, Young Activist. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you coming on with me, brother. Thank you. All right, yes, sir. Take care. Sweet Americana dreams are made of these things. Three hot to cop sleep, however brief seems. Like the ends is getting further, ever further from the means. Hey, man, I ain't never lied to you, have I? Not yet, because it's called the whole hard truth. We don't do that here. I appreciate young activists um, for joining me on the whole hard truth. Did you get something out of that? I hope you did. I hope you felt inspired by listening to a young man who's really dedicated his life to change, changes that we all want to see. And um, man, there's just a lot of stuff in there that, that I think you're going to be able to wind back and listen to it. Whatever the, whatever the subject matter is, whatever the differences there are that we have, um, there's, there, there's a thread to activism. Before I get out of here, I just want to drop this. Um, these conversations have to be had amongst the people and then the consensus taken to the power. So I appreciate Elijah for joining me. Thank you, brother. Um, I appreciate you all for joining me. Once again, The Whole Heart Truth is brought to you by the DMVR Podcast Network. Search the DMVR, search The Whole Heart Truth wherever you get your podcast, and you're going to be uh, you're going to be fulfilled by what you find because we don't give you nothing but the finest of wine. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Once again, everybody be safe, stay safe in those streets, stay active. Orin Lamenta for The Whole Heart Truth signing off until next time. Every day in your capital, this is how they do you.